Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, Go Away U Fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Hello. Joining us for the very first time is Ben, White Speed Receiver. Oh, boy, boy. And U Street. Hey, y'all. So, you may be asking yourself, Wither Blake, what has happened to Blake? Blake is not dead. For those who may be wondering, although in his heart of hearts, he may have died. And in a practical reality, too. He's driving to Iowa. Well, okay, fair point. He may wish he was dead if he has not perished on the journey. Uh, Eight in a row to Iowa has left him in a dark place. Not as dark as the state of Iowa, but close. Uh, We wish him a speedy return from the gates of hell. And uh, he will be with us again in in a future podcast. Uh, I will be turning to Ben uh, to step in for Ask Blake a Hockey Question. Something tells me he'll be able to respond with a better answer than Blake would have. Uh, I like your optimism. Well, you know, you got to have that in a world where uh, we lose to Iowa eight in a row. Um, uh, Does anyone really want to talk about the Iowa game? No. But we probably should. I, I mean, I mean, we can we can look at the at the good things. Um, you know, Mo, Mo. Mo got so, so Mo Mo, <laughs> Mo got uh, Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week for his performance. Uh, he's now a semifinalist for the Doak Walker Award, which goes to the best running back in the country. Um, he's breaking le- records left and right. If he has a typical Mo game, he'll break two more against Wisconsin on Saturday and basically become the best running back statistically in University of Minnesota history. Um, yeah, so that that's the highlight of it. Um, the bad news is, is we still apparently can't pass the ball, and even heroes screw up every once in a while. Ben, what was your, uh, I don't know, go high point or low paint. Decide if you want to be happy or sad on this podcast your first time out. What what was what was your takeaway from Iowa? Let's start with the optimism. Um, I'm still overall really happy that we haven't gotten blasted by Iowa really badly with Rossi in charge of the defense. I mean, we still have to really address the tight end situation, but that's um, that's a positive. We should have won that game in terms of how our defense, you know, put us in position there. And then most set, I believe he set the the. Uh, historic Gopher football stadium record for rushing yards in a game on Saturday. So that's exceptional. I mean, that's not something you planned on doing against Iowa when I woke up Saturday morning. I didn't think I was going to see that at all. So those are all good things. And after that, I could probably give you about a 15-minute string of profanity here about how I feel about the loss. (laughs) I think think many people (coughs) could join you. Uh, in that string and it's possible that if you had three people all giving a 15 minute string of profanity uh, the the displeasure involved you might never repeat the same profanity twice um, yeah that is, uh, I, I I dealt with it okay but that's mostly because I turned off like once the fumble happened I think I sort of mentally just went oh it's gonna be one of those and just turned off uh, emotional reaction. Um, it, it's a it's a lovely skill if you can develop it. It also might mean you're dead inside, but you're also a Minnesota sports fan, so those are all pretty much synonymous. 
uh, as as they go. Obviously, the last cost uh, the Gophers a shot at the Big Ten West. Now we're left more hoping that, I don't know, if you're me, you're hoping Nebraska beats Iowa and Purdue wins because Purdue versus Iowa, I'd rather see Purdue in the Big Ten title game losing to whoever they play from the East. Is no that an agreement? No, I, you would rather see Iowa? I would rather see Iowa there and get thumped again than I would to have Jeff Brown get a good thing. Interesting. Can, can you can you help me understand that? Like I know you don't like Iowa. There's, there's no there's no love lost no, there. No, none at all. Uh, but so, but you would rather see them go get thumped. Do you think that's a a, a a more enjoyable punishment for them than falling short? Yes, it works on multiple levels here. So first of all, there's no chance that Iowa beats Ohio State. Michigan, maybe, but Ohio State, I just don't see that happening at all. And then secondly, if we can't have nice things, I don't want anyone else to have nice things either. So I don't want Illinois to make it to a Big Ten title game, and I don't want Purdue to make it to a Big Ten title game, just so we have some company. Okay, so basically the fact that Iowa has recently been there, it's not a nice thing It's in the same way as it would be for one of the fan bases that's uh, similar suffering. Yeah, and then the other thing is, is it's you know it's like Nebraska going to a Big Ten title game. We already know what would happen if they went there, and that is just all sorts of pain and suffering and misery. And then they get to a go to a bowl game and get their asses handed to them again by somebody with a pulse. Okay, you're 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 convincing me. I have a related question for the group. Brian Ferentz is an absolute shitwad, and Rightfully, everyone dislikes him, and he's terrible at his job. However, whatever talent he possesses, minuscule though it may be, nepotism-fueled it certainly is, the man harnesses all of it and pours it into the Minnesota game every year. <laughs> like He ignores whole swaths of, of the schedule and allows Iowa to lose games that they probably shouldn't lose. Apparently, in search of never letting P.J. Fleck get a victory. Is, do we want him to get fired? <laughs> no. Because he, he has necromancer powers against us, or is it really just a reality that the real problem is that we're not doing what we need to do to win the game, and let's just start beating him and make him sad? I like that idea better. I mean, it's the logical one. Yeah. Sooner or later, the devil is going to call him on the deal they've got. He will run out of script against us. I mean, it, admittedly, the last two years, okay, last year they, they found some horseshoes up their ass, but this year I wouldn't necessarily give their offense any credit for doing anything. I mean, they did the bare minimum possible, and our defense, for the most part, pretty much held them in check. It was It was the failures of the offense this year that basically kept us from winning this game. And, you know, special teams, too. But um, So, I mean, I don't... There, there's been past years where I would I would agree with that much more, that it's like, you know, Brian Ferentz literally saves up his, his wad for that game. I don't, I don't really feel like this last Saturday that was that much of a thing. It was just, unfortunately, really poor time turnovers and, and the inability of of this team to come up with any sort of semblance of a pass game the past two weeks, which has sort of doomed us. Yeah, I think I, I might be over-focused on just those two big plays to the tight ends at the key moments. The first drive, uh, 
and the the final drive. I think I might be overemphasizing my memory of those two moments, which is really less about great offense and more about we've struggled covering tight ends this season and struggled at two very poor moments uh, as a defense, which isn't is in no way an indictment of the entire defense. Uh, it's just uh, well, hey, it'd be great if that wasn't a thing. It's a consistent weak point for the defense, though. I am forced to point out, at least on the first one, the defense read the keys right because there was very clearly an ineligible man downfield about five and a half yards when that ball was thrown, and it uh, should have been called. Point. So there was really only one play in the sense of the defense missed something, tight end got a very long gain in a critical spot. The other one should have actually come back for a penalty it was in fact too good of a triple option okay that's also a good point all right well i am going to do that most rare of things on the internet and admit that i am wrong uh you all heard it i am wrong i am tall but i am wrong uh and i'm gonna take us away from the pain of saturday bring us towards another hated rival badgers in madison uh, a game that, God, I mean, I'm talking to Wisconsin friends and they're, they're, they've moved into much more of a, eh, it'd be great to win, but kind of mood, which apparently is what happens when you have your worst season in a long time. I, what, what was the last time they were barely bowl eligible coming into the last week of the season? Does anybody know? They had a couple hiccups around the turn of the century. Exactly. Like that's, <laughs> it's been a bit for them. So also, first of all, fuck you, everybody who's already turning off just because you had your one tough year in a while. Uh, welcome to the rest of the world. Uh, and two, I also enjoy it. Please make your salty tears of, of disappointment uh, flow faster. Um, you know, ultimately, this is a game much like every other game except, I'd argue, Penn State on the schedule this year that Minnesota should win, or at least you could say has the capability to win. Um, I, How are you guys feeling coming into it? Are you feeling confident? Are you feeling nervous? Uh, Andy, I'm going to start with you on that one. Yeah, I mean, it's it. frankly, to me, it's going to come down to who can execute and who will screw up the least when it comes down to it. I mean, I think the way Minnesota is set up right now, they have the ability to, to grind out an, another ugly win. Uh, but, you know, I would have thought the same would have happened last week and, and one key turnover made the difference. Um, and that, and honestly, that probably will be the factor again in this week. If you can protect the ball, not turn it over, you can probably grind out an ugly seven to ten point win if you turn the ball over then give i or give wisconsin short fields that's probably going to be the difference um you know so frankly i feel as you know if, if you had to put percentages on it I'll, I'll probably put like a 55 45 minnesota but if if I can easily see a situation where where wisconsin wins so uh the gophers just need to to you know, keep doing what they're doing, protect the ball, and and maybe figure out at least one or two somewhat acceptable pass plays that might work when Wisconsin finally realizes that we have no offense other than Muhammad Ibrahim and put 10 in the box for most of the second half. 
Street, I know this is the game you, you know, of the of the 12 on the schedule, this is the one you circle. Um, how are you feeling uh, coming into this one? Yeah, relatively speaking, I feel more comfortable about this game than I felt about the Iowa game going into it in part because I, perhaps like Ben, did not predict that Mo Ibrahim was going to have a really great day rushing, and I thought that was going to be challenging. I think Wisconsin's defense is substantially down relative to their heights under Jim Leonard this year. The Wisconsin offense is not particularly scary to me, and that's true even before thinking about Joe Rossi's way of looking at Wisconsin. I think, speaking of games that they have circled, I think Rossi's had the Wisconsin game circled pretty regularly all season uh, every season that he's you know been here so in that sense i think it's positive what i would like to see in this game in particular because jim leonard is very good at his job and wisconsin will do a lot to make the gophers throw the ball what i would like to see out of the freshman quarterback who i expect to start again is him to not necessarily always look for the hero play i think there were a couple of since Ethan Kelly Marcus has started at least two to three times a game, there have been plays for which there was, if you look at it on film, there's a pretty obvious pass that's going to get some yardage, depending on what it was, a first down, five, seven yards or whatever. And he has frequently in those situations picked the more heroic option that would be going for a touchdown or going for a deep ball or shrugging off the check down and then having to kind of scramble i think against wisconsin those kinds of plays the wisconsin defense is very good at making teams pay for so that would be the main thing that i would look for if ethan has a very good day and has a very good game manager day in that way i think the gophers will be fine Ben, what worries you the most about playing at Wisconsin this year? Um, somebody gets a racial slur sh- shouted at them, or <laughs> uh, the Big Ten refs decide that they're going to Wisconsin us, because U Street hit on a lot of things there, but I'm not overly concerned about Wisconsin as a program right now. I think PJ has done a elite job of getting that monkey off his back. And I don't think that Braylon Allen is 100% ready to go. And even if he is, we beat him like a rented stepchild that's redheaded last year. Um, They don't really have the tight end threat that Iowa has. So that means that they have nothing on offense that really scares or worries me at all. Nick Herbig is going to be out for the first half of the game. So that will give us time to get our run game hiccups out of the way that we seem to start out with every once in a while. And I just, Leonard's fine, but he's just another Wisconsin defensive coordinator. You take one out, you plug the next one in, and they'll be fine. But this defense isn't that great of a vintage, and their offense is average at best. So let's go and have some fun. I like it. I like that feeling. That's that's the feeling that, we don't uh, embrace enough as Minnesota fans. Uh, we we should we should all remind ourselves to I- embrace that more frequently. Um. Yeah, I I feel so similar. I just I've talked all. I think I talked all year about you know Nebraska was a team that always made me wary because even though I know they're terrible, somehow they just felt like they had something in the tank to to make a game interesting. Iowa was a game that 
as the season went on and and Minnesota struggled more, I wasn't worried, but I, I, it was clear that this the outcome that happened on Saturday was an outcome that could definitely happen. I, I struggled to without Minnesota making. Honestly, I, I'm not even sure it's as as simple as like you know a turnover, two two turnover. I think Minnesota might have to screw up quite a bit to lose this game. Uh, I think if they don't make the the obvious mistakes, they'll be fine. Is is and if if you have a game where you can avoid just the bl- most blatant of stupid blunders and win, that's really just not a game where you have to worry that much. Here's hoping that my my gut feeling is right and. Uh, you know, we all get to enjoy a nice celebration down in Madison for those who are traveling at home. For those of you who uh, know better than to get beer cans chucked at your head on Breeze Terrace. Did I ever tell you my going to Madison football story? If you did, I don't recall it, so I'm excited. Bring it. Well, sadly, this was one of the games that Minnesota lost in Madison, but the very short version of this didn't involve a beer can to the head, but it did involve me almost getting into a fight because I had the temerity at the time to be wearing an Argyle sweater, and that caused someone at a house party to be very, very annoyed and uh sort of in the kitchen by like pantry i almost almost sort of through hands so i'm just saying it could could be worse than solely a beer can in your general direction so i want to be clear you met somebody who was dumber than the iowa fan sorry the illinois fan that i met in champagne this year who felt that being brushed into in a crowded restroom was worthy of throwing down for you. It was Argyle sweater was just offensive to the eyes or the sense of it. What, what, what was the Argyle sweater? Honestly, I thought the Argyle Madison sweater looked fine. <laughs> I, 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 I enjoyed wearing it. It was comfortable. Apparently it was not appropriately fashionable at the time. Having lived in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, fashion capital, I can tell you, uh, that's exactly what I think of it when I think of Madison, Wisconsin. Um, clearly, the denizens of Breeze Terrace, they have high standards. Andy, this does not bode well for you, my friend. <laughs> I think I think your, your, your worries you've raised about the gold, the gold apparel you've chosen for this week may have been better founded than I thought now that I know that Argyle sweaters are... Are causing uh, riots, riots in the in the street. Eh, I mean, we'll we'll just have to we'll just have to live and see what we can do. <laughs> so I'm going to quickly share my favorite my favorite uh, game at Camp Randall story. Uh, friend of friend of mine enjoyed the tailgate very 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 much. Uh, we had another friend who decided not to go to the game because they were overly intoxicated it was a wise it was a wise call so first friend goes into the game gets separated from everybody can't get anybody this is back when you know like cell phone signal was even worse in places like camp randall uh got himself lost wandered down the circulator walked out the gate because the gates are right by the circulator and he just didn't really understand where he was because of the tailgate thought he was trapped outside in Madison in the cold and snow with no idea how to get to back to the tailgate lot, no idea how to connect to anybody, and then reaches into his pocket to find a cell phone and instead comes out with the extra ticket from the friend who didn't go. And that is the way, that is the story of how my buddy did not die in the streets of Madison uh, and instead got to go back into the game just in time to watch Minnesota 
choke it away once again because I'm pretty sure that was the Brewster that Brewster game when they were up big at halftime. I'm pretty sure it was that game. So. Oh, that was the same game I was at. Oh, hey, it was a it was a banner night for everybody. <laughs> banner night for everybody. All right, basketball. I got to be honest, I don't know what to do with this team. I've decided just to not emotionally invest because that seems like the right choice. Can somebody who's maybe cared a little more or is smarter explain to me what is going on right now? I'll let Ben cover the Cal Baptist game, but Minnesota was 2-0 since we last podcasted, feeding uh, one of the directional Michigans and then Cal Baptist in apparently the semifinals of the Gavit games, though you could have been forgiven for the fact because that game seemed to be played in a well-funded Texas middle school gym. However, uh, the main things that have happened since is that uh, the Gophers have gotten back their actual small forward. Jameson Battle finally played against Cal Baptist. It was a very easy win uh, against a directional Michigan, and the fact that I'm consistently referring to it as a directional Michigan actually tells you everything you need to know about the talent level of that particular team. Nonetheless, uh, Braden Carrington also seems to have kind of secured probably the two guard spot in this lineup especially going forward feral Payne remains awesome and is fast becoming my favorite player uh, in the last 10 years not named jordan murphy has a very similar game in many ways to jordan murphy as a freshman but is also much taller and much stronger and that should bode well going forward ben what did you think about the cal baptist game i think we won somehow um like we're t- discussing in pre-production um uh, I dozed off a couple times because we raced out to a good start and then we decided to struggle a little bit and let our offense go cold, as is kind of a tradition right now for the Gophers. Um, but there's just quite a few things that make me happy with how it's going. I mean, we cannot throw enough bouquets to Pharrell Payne right now. He is a man, and I cannot remember the last time we had a big guy that was a man like that. I mean, it, it has been a couple minutes, and he is just a joy to watch right now having Jamison battle back is great because he's a really good basketball player but it also means that i i don't like disparaging people very much but it means that a a basketball player who, who grew up in minnesota is no longer getting any minutes as of last night and that makes the team much better by subtraction i just i think once battle is back into game shape and is back into the rotation i agree on carrington as well i think he's been making strides every game and i didn't even wince every time torres samuels was on the court as well for however many minutes it was last night so i feel pretty good overall as we go forward here i mean we're not nobody should be going out and trying to figure out which region we're going to be in for the ncaa tournament it's you know we're still going to be a fringe nit team it's just where we are right now. But we are kind of fun to watch. There is some absolute pull-your-hair-out moments because the offense will go just frozen, but they bust their asses, they hustle, they play good defense, and that's, I'll take that. That's better than being completely listless and not caring about the team. My lesson from the Cal Baptist game was that Cal Baptist was a school that played basketball. I also I had abs- I had absolutely no idea that that was either a school or that they played basketball. And if you had told me that they were a school that played basketball, I would have told you they were Division three. 
So that tells you what I know about Cal Baptist. Well, if it if it if it makes you feel better, that was the last in theory unnamed weak cupcake opponent. Even though Cal Baptist isn't that much of a cupcake for the next five games, uh, you know we're we're four and one right now. But uh, all of a sudden, stuff's about to get real here. Um, you get a you get a five and zero UNLV team that you're like, okay, whatever. Well, they already upset a ranked team in Dayton earlier this year. Then you head to Virginia Tech next Monday for the Big Ten ACC Challenge. And then, oh, by the way, here come the December Big Ten games. Uh, Good luck going to West Lafayette, playing Purdue, and then coming home to play Michigan at the barn before closing out the five-game stretch with Mississippi State at Williams Arena. Now, I mean, other than Purdue, and I don't even know how good Purdue is, none of those are like juggernaut juggernauts. Uh, But to say those five teams would be the best five teams we've played on our schedule so far, uh, this year is not even close to an exaggeration, and we'll really get a good look over the next two weeks of uh, where this team might realistically be uh, against teams that they're going to have to get used to playing the rest of the year. That's hurtful and unfair to Paul. We don't know how good or bad they are yet. Definitely, I was not le- as good as how the Gophers made them look. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I was. I was led to believe they were pretty bad. We don't know. But can we feel it in our bones? No, they're good until we know for sure. <laughs> they're good until we can't hide the shame any longer. Exactly, and then hopefully another okay. win that will take the thought away from it. Uh, uh, I'm just I'm just going to interrupt with some breaking news that literally just came across Twitter and will make many of us very happy with giggles. Um. ESPN is reporting that Kansas and Lance Leopold have just <laughs> signed a brand new contract there for a significant raise. So uh, don't believe he's going to be sitting in uh, either Madison or Lincoln come uh, 2023. Well, I think the assumption is that Jim Leonard is sitting in Madison, yes? So yes, that... here comes the Matt Rule era at Nebraska. Isn't that the idea? That I'm Gary hoping... Patterson. I was just going to say I'm hoping for Gary Patterson. They haven't learned anything from the Mike Riley experience, so they're going to hire someone with even more of a red ass to be their coach. You know you know who I think Nebraska actually probably does need? I'm going to be completely serious here. The Nebraska is a really interesting program because they had past success a long time ago uh, and then some steroids and murder, but like we'll focus on the past success bit. They had uh, past success a long time ago. They have a lot of the tools in many ways to be a really strong program. Uh, however, the domestic recruiting base is quite low. Uh, fan expectation high relative to that recruiting base, uh, quite different. They're a team that has been consistently unsuccessful. They do a lot of the little things wrong. So I think what you're looking for is a coach that has lots of experience turning around programs. And I'm just going to say there is a coach out there at uh at one of the new mexico schools who yeah maybe maybe they should take a look at i i've heard that that coach likes to build things brick by brick until the state of tennessee does it better doesn't like pj fleck either so built-in rivalry for the quadrangle of hate i mean if you hire gary patterson you (laughs) probably get them both i thought you were going to go a different direction there with someone else who also has experience in the greater you know, the Great Plains area and had a great team back in the 90s for a year and before he left to take the Georgia job and then didn't. 
And, you know, he's <laughs> nearby here in the Twin Cities, so it wouldn't take that long to get him down to Lincoln to take over the job. Um, I'd really Winning smile, too. I'm winning smile. Great winning smile. I, I feel bad for everyone that enjoys what, listening to him on local radio or watching him on, T, on Big Ten Network. But I, I just feel like it's time for him to go and get another booster couple divorce and get himself another wife. <laughs> and you know, there's always uh, there's always meat sauce out there to re- recommend Les Miles. He'll he'll resurrect once again. It's always it's always out there. All right, Ben, are you ready for a hockey question uh, that would have gone to Blake? I uh, yes. Okay, uh, I am perhaps overstating my faith in you, so I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm I'm upping the difficulty level quite a bit here if you had to think about where the university of minnesota when they officially organized as a varsity hockey uh, hockey club in 1900 where did they play their home games minnesota in 1900 okay was it a flooded northrop field on como lake or at the uh, now demolished athletic park in downtown Minneapolis. I'm almost tempted to say Northrop just because that feels like an absolutely ridiculous answer. Is that where you're going? Why not? According to Wikipedia, my source of truth in all things, you were almost correct. There was apparently quite a bit of thought put into flooding Northrop Field, they decided to play in Como Lake. All right. Well, here, let's give you a gopher hockey question then. Oh, see, this is what Blake should be doing. (laughs) It's just sticking it back in my face, but he never does. All right. So with the expansion of the Big Ten going back to, let's let's cut off the line at, say, 2000. So everyone that we've added and will be added here, one school has a winning record all time against Minnesota hockey. Men's hockey. Who is it? So we are to choosing Big Ten schools who existed in the Big Ten. Nope, 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 nope. As of? Uh, Big Ten schools now as of, or as of the year, you know, let's say 2000 and forward. So anyone who's also been announced as a team might be a part of this as well. All right, so in the last 22 years, which of the existing Big Ten schools has a winning record against Minnesota in hockey? Yep, that works. Oh, God. I mean, my gut wants to say Michigan. But I feel like I feel like you're trying to, to fuck me with something obscure and unexpected. Oh, absolutely. So in 1938, Minnesota lost to USC. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> It's one of those little facts that rattles around in the back of my head, knowing that we have a losing record against the University of Southern California in hockey. In hockey. <laughs> I believe actually one of the very few programs yes. that Minnesota has a losing record to in any way. Uh, and I think the number right now Minnesota has a losing record to that have played at least 10 games, I think might be zero. There might not actually be a program for which that is true. Yeah, it's, it's a very very elite group and congratulations to USC for being the only one basically that 
Wow. So you that is literally the college hockey equivalent of the what is Minnesota's football record against Alabama? Yes. Except that the University of Minnesota was also good at football at some point. Well, okay, fair. That okay, that one's gonna that now that is the random trivia fact that's gonna rattle in my brain for the rest of all time because that's just too perfect. I can break that out on a whole ton of Minnesota fans, and they're never gonna get that right unless they listen to the podcast. And if you are a friend of mine, and you're not listening to the podcast. Are we really friends? Just a philosophical question for the for the masses. Um, okay, Andy, take me through. Do you want to go with the men and the sweep, or the women and their one point weekend? Which where, where do you want to go first? Uh, it was two points. We might as well start with sorry, that. Sorry, sorry, two points. Yeah. Apologies. We'll go. Yeah, go there. We'll start with the women. So yeah, go for women. Uh, had a major anticipated weekend in Madison last weekend. It was the uh, number two Gophers against the number three Badgers. Uh, I guess Minnesota was one slash two, depending upon uh, what poll you looked at. Um, and uh, things got off to a fairly good start. Minnesota jumped out to an early lead, was going back and forth with Wisconsin in the uh, early game on Saturday. Uh, looked like they were going to be able to pull out a tight win and then gave up a late goal uh, to, to equalize at 3-3. Uh, neither team could score in the overtime. Gophers would win the shootout to take the extra WCHA point. Uh and uh, then they came back and played on Sunday, and that one uh, was tight yet again. Uh, it was 1-1 going into the third period when the Gophers just ran out of gas, it appeared. Uh, Wisconsin scored three goals in the third one to get a uh, 4-1 win. Uh, so a two-point weekend for the for, uh, Minnesota, as you said. Uh, you know, they uh, this was their tough three weekends in a row where they had to play Ohio State and USC and Wisconsin. Um now the schedule gets significantly easier as we get into it, uh, but sitting right now, they're they're in second in the WCHA behind Ohio State. Uh, Wisconsin's still just right behind in third, but the Badgers still have two games in hand, so realistically, Minnesota's in, in second or third place, depending on how you want to look at it, and uh, this used to be a traditional weekend off from Thanksgiving weekend, but instead, as the... Uh, Women's college hockey has tried to do what the men have been doing for forever. Uh, they've had several interesting showcase tournaments over Thanksgiving weekend. Um, so last year, the Gophers were down in Nashville uh, playing a couple Eastern teams. This year, they're headed out to Las Vegas, technically Henderson, Nevada, um, for the Henderson Collegiate Hockey Showcase being played at the uh, at the Golden Knights AHL affiliate rink in Henderson. Uh, the Gophers will face off Friday night against Penn State. Uh, Penn State currently ranked 12th in the country. Um, and then they will play either Boston University or number 5 Yale in either the championship or, or consolation game uh, Saturday. Um, live audio available from Gopher Sports on that, but no TV or video stream, unfortunately. Seems like a bit of a, a lost opportunity um, if, if for Decent women's college hockey teams are playing in Las Vegas, and nobody actually knows about it. Did it happen? Um, but uh, hopefully, sexism for, did. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, they can pick up a couple of uh, big wins, a rank win over Penn State, and another rank win if they get Yale uh, before completing a couple more series before the end of the year against local uh, WCHA teams. Another home and home against Mankato State, and another home and home against St. Cloud before. Christmas break. So, uh, you know, one more fun road trip for the Gophers, and then things get a bit easier as they end up uh, 2022. 
Yeah, Andy, your your uh, question about uh, did it happen gets even more complex because without TV, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. We may never know who wins the Henderson Hockey Showcase uh, if if indeed Las Vegas plays by its own rules, unless Henderson's an exception to that, I suppose. Uh, it'll all depend on whether Twitter decides to last another four or five days, which is probably you know up in the air, as we all know. So. It's be, it's best not to assume. It's best not to assume. Elon, he's a he's a unpredictable, unpredictable, capricious fool. We may we may never hear of this uh, event ever again. So, when in doubt, I suppose Go for Sports is not run by Elon Musk. We may be able to find the answer on GoForSports.com. All right, the men uh, in the flu series of 2022 or whatever everyone was sick with. Uh, went out and uh, snagged themselves a, a nice six points. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's always a, a, a drag. This is the second year in a row that uh, this Minnesota-Michigan series in Ann Arbor has been sort of derailed. Last year it was uh, COVID protocols for the World Juniors, so Minnesota didn't have their, their top three defensemen, and Michigan was missing a bunch of their top players. Um, and the Gophers took care of business in Ann Arbor last year as well. This time it was some weird virus that apparently isn't COVID but is really nasty. Um, Minnesota didn't have the services of, of starting goaltender uh, Justin Close and center Aaron Huglin. Uh, but Minnesota was significantly better off. Uh, Michigan was missing five players each night, including uh, the leading uh score in the country, their, their star freshman. Um, in fact, Michigan was so short of players that they had to dress their third string goalie as a wing, uh, for both games this week, just so they could have a solid. Wait, Yeah. You didn't, you didn't hear about you, that. Yeah. You covered that. I, I swear. I, when you told me that over the weekend, I must've been drinking already. Cause I think I heard defenseman because it made more sense to me that they would have dressed the defenseman as a wing, not the third string goalie. no, no, the Gophers uh, on on Saturday were rotating through as uh, Logan Cooley, uh, freshman star, got uh, suspended for Saturday night's game after picking up a cross-checking major on Friday uh, that he got a five-minute major for but didn't get a game misconduct, and then the Big Ten was kind of like, uh, yeah, no, sorry, uh, and booted him out for Saturday night's game. Uh, so Minnesota was rotating all sorts of players, including defensemen in that forward spot, as they didn't have any spare forwards uh, due to players not being able to make the trip. Um, but uh, Jordan, uh, not Jordan Leopold, that, that's what I'm trying to compare it. Jackson Lacombe, who's been playing like Jordan Leopold late, of late, uh, he got his first forward shift on, uh, on Saturday and, and scored right away. He gave the Gophers a one nothing lead. Uh, Minnesota didn't really have much trouble either way. They, uh, you know, they cruised. They got a nice... Uh, 5-2 win on Friday before coming back, getting a 6-3 win on Saturday. Uh, freshman goalie Owen Bartoskevich picked up his first two wins as a gopher. Uh, pretty nice when you can put him in and, and bring him into Michigan. Not exactly an easy place to play for a, for a young kid. Uh, picks up his first two wins, first two Big Ten wins, and arguably now gives you the confidence that you don't have to ride Justin Close all the way to death to the rest of the season. Uh, Bartoskevich is now... 
looking better after that sort of debacle that happened in the in the second period against uh, North Dakota a couple weeks ago, and you'll probably see him get uh, more time here down the stretch. But uh, yeah, another big big sweep for the Gophers that now puts them in first place in the Big Ten uh, through eight games. They have a one point lead on Michigan State. Shockingly, Michigan State. I don't think anybody in the world saw Michigan State in, in second place in the Big Ten, um, and they're one point ahead of Penn State here as we as we hit Thanksgiving break. Uh, the Gophers get to make their first ever trip out to Mullet Arena and take on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Uh, the first, I think, this is the first. Big Ten team to make the return trip to Arizona State after Arizona State played uh, basically a Big Ten schedule during the COVID year of 2021. Uh, Minnesota will make the return trip this weekend, playing in the brand new arena. Uh, Logan Cooley will get to see where he's going to probably return to uh, come hopefully mid-April to, uh, to after he leaves the Gophers and, and plays for the Arizona Coyotes. Um, but it, it should be a good opportunity for uh, the Gophers to hopefully pick up a couple more wins. Uh, both games this weekend, to show you how well the uh, the Pac-12 network is working, is going to be on something called Pac-12 Insider, which you can stream for free. Um, so uh, we get free streams of the games, which will be nice. Um, you'll have to try and find them. I know I know it is on a channel on Roku and and some of those other weird TV apps. If you Google it, you should be able to find it. But uh, 8 p.m. faceoffs local here. Uh, both Friday and Saturday night, so a nice way to uh, wind down the the holiday weekend with some uh, non-conference hockey action. It is that time, friends. Time for predictions. Predictions for Saturday. Uh, I'll be honest, I wrote mine up for Blake's predictions post, and I don't think I remember it, so I'm hoping this is going to match what goes out on Friday. I think I said 24-14. Or similar. Basically, I think Mo gets himself a couple more records and uh, Gophers hold the axe. Ben? I had in the prediction post Minnesota 69, Wisconsin nothing because Minnesota is nice, nice. and Wisconsin is not. <laughs> uh, Andy, speaking of not nice, would you say that Wisconsin is ass? Uh. I mean, I can't fully say Wisconsin is ass. It's nice to say Wisconsin is ass, but uh, I'm hoping that our experience in Madison on Saturday is not ass. Um, the game's probably going to be ass, though. It's it's not going to be it's not going to be a pretty game. Uh, if if you if you enjoyed last week's game, expect more of the same. Uh, hopefully, less key turnovers at key times. But I do think the Gophers will pull this one out. Seventeen um, ten in a grinder. And streets, uh, let's, uh, let's, what, I don't know what I'm, I'm waiting for what random statistical category you decide to go with for your prediction, uh, this week. Oh, I predictions pretty easy. I'm going to say four beers thrown at your head over under over wait, wait, my head or Andy's head. Well, they, depending on the level of alcohol consumption around you they may be aiming for your head and throw at andy but i'm gonna say your head okay i'll keep track um i'm hoping i'm hoping they that they're thrown low and i don't notice outside my peripheral that'd be ideal but uh we'll see we'll see i mean that's anywhere below 37 feet Well, what if I wear my high shoes? Then it's 40. 
Just really want to show off the calves? Just, you know, some days you just feel good about your calves, man. Hey, no no hating on that front. <laughs> All right, friends. Uh, better dead than red, obviously. Uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday. Eat plentifully. Uh, try not to, you know, trample each other for tchotchkes on Friday. And uh, enjoy yourselves on Saturday, hopefully. In the meantime, go Gophers. Skyuma, row the boat.